Could it be true? Could it be real? We're back on the air again. QP Sports Exchange podcast. It's your host, Vince. We're doing this on a Saturday evening around 5.15. So that means what are we doing? Are we doing basketball or football? Good question. We're doing football today. So football Friday has turned into football weekend extravaganza, I guess, if you want to call it that. So, we've been gone for a while. This is true. Um, We'll hit on some of those things. But first and foremost, the rundown of the show. We are going to talk about Green Bay management and the man in the mirror, so to speak, decision they have to come to soon. We're also going to take a ride on the Julio Jones trade world tour that's going on it's also Saturday so we have a lot of people who are trying to impress people with they hot with they loud cars outside so excuse that and we're gonna also talk about Pittsburgh's elephant in the room and it's coming and it's hitting them in the face pretty much right now. So with all that, we're going to have some draft notes and we'll talk about the Giants a little bit. And then uh, we'll kind of close out the podcast. So what's been going on here? Well, last we left you, we were excited. New logo. We thought we were going into a third pod, which we are still going to do. No details on that yet. We are working on the premise. And then Armageddon happened in this house. Your boy, your host, who never gets sick, got sick, lost his voice, coughing all over the place. It was bad. And I was sad. Because I could not get on a microphone and do what I do. So we had that. Um, We had some issues with our person who lives in the house. We'll just say that. And, um, you know, there's just a lot of wildness going on. And uh, it took a while to kind of recalibrate. It took a while to kind of get that mental space where I could give you all of me in this podcast. And uh, for those who struggle, um, just in any way, you know, just stuff is bogging you down or things that just go awry, just know, listen, you are put on this earth for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So take a deep breath, close your eyes, clear your mind, and get yourself ready to go and get yourself back on that horse. Listen, I know it's hard because you know what? There was some issues for me as well. So I understand that sometimes it's just easy to just kind of throw it away. But remember the joy. Remember the journey. 
through the process and get back on track to do what you kind of need to do. You know what I'm saying? And if it's something that you're passionate about, if it's something that you love, you definitely are putting yourself at a deficit. I know this. I was doing it to myself. We have full transparency on this podcast. Your boy was in a bad way. Just not what the motivation was gone, but more of that it just didn't seem like the the right mix of just... I guess positivity going on in the house. You know, it was just not a good scene. And your boy got bogged down. You know, as I started to feel better and come out of the sickness that I was having, I still wasn't like, oh, I was getting, you know, it was not lethargic. I just felt heavy. So if you, if this sounds familiar, just know everything will pass. Sounds like a cliche, but you know what? If you want it and you want to do it, you'll get to it because I have faith in you. All right. So with all that being said, what time is it? Well, it's time to get to the rest of this pie. Green Bay, how are OTAs without Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers definitely is not coming to OTAs whatsoever. He's living his best life with his uh, fiance and his Hollywood friends. Posted a picture on Instagram not that long ago. I don't think Aaron Rodgers was worried about cover two defenses or hot routes to the back, out the backfield. I think he was living his best life. So it looks like Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers are headed for a a, a duel in August. And we will see because really that's the pressure point. If Aaron Rodgers is not going to report to actual camp, if he's not going to come to preseason and all that jazz, then that's where the problem lies. But now all reports are, that's probably what's going to happen. So if you're Green Bay right now, you got to have that look in the mirror and saying, what are we going to do? This is obviously 
one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, just coming off a MVP season. So no, no looks of slowing down, no hints of less arm talent, no issues with health. That guy looks like when he's in the pocket, he looks like he's walking around his house, just kind of expecting it, kind of looking to see uh, what he can make changes on, you know, real whimsical like, and then he just holds it down the field 35 yards on a line. It looks like a dart. So, Green Bay, Guttenkuss, Mark Murphy are going to have to come to some sort of, I mean, it's going to be a, a great game of chicken, basically, right? Either Aaron's going to budge or Murphy and Guttenkuss are going to budge and Aaron is going to get what he wants or they're going to trade him. You know, I can't see with as smart and as eloquent as Aaron Rodgers is. I can't see him playing a year out where he is truly unhappy. He feels not supported by the organization. And... Green Bay management allowing that to happen. I just can't see that going on. So within the next couple months, Green Bay has to do some soul searching and figure out what they want to do with 12. You know what I'm saying? Figure that out, Green Bay. You know, drafted a quarterback in the first round last year instead of getting Rodgers help. That didn't that did not help your situation. You then punt on the trade deadline. That didn't help your situation. Then you go pretty much zero dark 30 during free agency. And yeah, oh, by the way, not saying it was a bad pick, but you definitely do not help your offense with the first round pick this year as well. So... With all that being said, I guess we look to August and we wait with bated breath to see what Aaron posts on his IG and Twitter to see if we can get any kind of indication of what he's going to be doing. QP Sports Exchange will be following this story all throughout the offseason. If news breaks, you will hear it here. I will be on top of it with my band of merry men and merry women that I send out to the universe to gather this information. Shout out to the group chat that I'm on. Y'all know who you are. Shout out to all my people. Now, we are going to talk about a story that is gaining nothing but steam. It has been a week of Julio Jones trade world tour 2021. This dude 
<laughs> this dude is getting a lot of love from a lot of teams. If you haven't heard, there was a uh, conversation that was had on the air with Shannon Sharp on his debate show with Skip Bayless. He called Julio on the air, asked Julio if he was going to be a Dallas Cowboy. Julio kind of really just kind of went, nah, that's not happening. But I'm also out of the ATL as well. Now there's a report that uh, Julio Jones will be traded within the week. So um, they had to get past the June 1st uh pay deadline so then his cap number would go down and it would make a lot more sense to be able to trade him after that but let me tell you something the people coming out the woodworks for Julio Jones is amazing just go on just go on IG if you're not on IG um, checking that situation out on a daily basis it is comedy AJ Brown and Derrick Henry of the Titans summoning Julio to Tennessee. You got other teams saying, yo, Julio, you need to come here. It's, uh, let's see, how many teams are actually looking at that? Da, 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 da. Okay, here's the list, and then here's the people who went out and was real thirsty on uh, Instagram. So the complete list is this. We got the Ravens. Oh, yeah, they were all over Instagram talking about Julio. You got the 49ers. You got the Patriots, the Colts, the L.A. Chargers. Oh, and by the way, a late addition to the Julio Jones World Tour, the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, you heard it here first. The Rams have interest in Julio Jones. Now, here's the problem. Now, Atlanta is talking first-round draft choice. Well, no problem, right? The Rams don't like first-round draft choices, so they trade them anyway. The only problem is right now we're in a cycle of Jalen Ramsey and now Matthew Stafford first round picks. So the Rams don't have one of those until like 2025. Not saying that I wouldn't do that deal a hundred out of a hundred times. Jettisoning Jared Goff to Motown and bringing Matthew Stafford to the La La. Really excited about Matthew Stafford being here and Jared Goff being gone. Sorry, Jared. It just was not working out. You know what I'm saying? What's that old saying? It's not you. It's me. Well, it's more you than it is me because the quarterback play was not fantastic. The kids would ghost you now if you were on any dating apps whatsoever, Jared Goff. So, you know, it's just one of those things, but it was fascinating to hear Julio Jones 
and the Rams have interest. Well, that's news to me because with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Van Jefferson. Now, here's the thing. Julio is very talented. He is electric. He would be a great addition to the wide receiver room, the pass catching room in the Rams' new SoFi Stadium for sure. But I will tell you this. When you have those three guys already on the team, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to figure out one of them is going to have to go because you don't have enough balls for four wide receivers. And Cooper Cup, Robert Woods are guys that are used to catching 80 to 100 passes a game. And you know you have Julio Jones on your team. That number go down. You know, even if you try to spread it out evenly, you're talking about maybe 52 to 60 catches for all of them. And that doesn't work out if you're a premier wide receiver. Those numbers don't work for you when you're making like 15, 16 million dollars. You know, like Keyshawn said back in the day, throw me the damn ball. So you know how it is with the wide receivers. Yes, some have better groups than others, and it's all about the team and whatever. But the great wide receivers have that kind of little selfishness in them, you know, but they have to because they're great. And they catch things that they have no business catching. And that's why we... You know, applaud them. This is why we give them their flowers because of the fact they're doing things that their contemporaries can't do. And that's what make them number one wide receivers, by the way. But Julio's going on his world tour. Um, the other team that I like to throw out there is the Cleveland Browns. Now, you say, well, Wow, that's a good situation. So you have OBJ, you'd have, um, what is it, Landry and Julio. That'd be awesome. All SEC, wide receiving core, that'd be great. Well, a way for maybe Cleveland not to give up the first round draft pick that Atlanta's talking about is maybe they move along Odell Beckham Jr. to the A and then take Julio back. Because you saw as of last year, once Julio went, or once uh, OBJ went down for the Cleveland Browns, they kind of took off. Now, here's the thing. I don't think there was a correlation. And I think when you have wide receiver talent, talent that is as talented as Odell Beckham Jr., you find ways, creative ways to get him the ball because he can do something special with it. But I do think that not having OBJ there help Baker Mayfield kind of just distribute the ball, see the field the way he needed to see the field, and then whoever was open got the ball. So I'm just saying that maybe Julio, who has a little bit cooler demeanor, you know, he's more chill than OBJ. OBJ has kind of that 
wilding out Gene a little bit. You know, nothing bad. I mean, it's not like he getting in trouble or anything like that. But that's what makes him tick. And that's what makes him great is that he has that little, you know, wilding out gene. You know, he does stuff that you just go, man, I wish he wouldn't do that. But for some of these uh, wide receivers, this is what gets them going. This is how they are. They manifest themselves into this dynamic playmaker that makes incredible plays that help your fantasy football team win games because your OBJ had 23 points on your fantasy roster. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with Julio Jones. Uh, I have no idea where he's leaning. I've looked, talked, um, read, uh, sent smoke signals to see if I can get a read on where he's looking at. Here's the one thing he said. I want to go to a winning organization. That is shots fired across the bow to the Atlanta Falcons. Julio has just divorced you publicly. He said, hey, I just want a chance to win. So you got a lot of people in the A real excited right now because they have the man child, the freak of nature, Kyle Pitts. They have also Calvin Ridley and with Julio Jones. That's a super dynamic pass catching group right there. Okay. So there is something to be said for Julio staying because where he is, is a winning organization. I can't see that Matt Ryan with that array of talent would literally turn into a ball of jello. Just I just I just don't see it whatsoever. I think they're going to be a really good offense. Uh Arthur Smith is bringing that Tennessee Titan offense, heavy run, tight end utilization, deep passes to the wide receivers and it should be awesome. So you know, I understand Julio's um, dilemma. I understand his his reasoning behind it. But if he just looked at what he had in Atlanta, he might he might reconsider. If he looked at the roster a little bit, he might reconsider his position on leaving. But if he does leave, where does he go, QP Nation? That's my question. So hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network, on Instagram and Facebook, Question Point Pod Network. We're back. So I think that Pittsburgh might be headed for a long season. 
um, I wasn't necessarily against the first pick, the running back out of Alabama, Najee Harris, to them in the first round. Okay, um, I believe that he was probably the best running back of the group. I guess my point is, is that you have a lot of holes in Pittsburgh. There was no way for you to trade down, acquire additional picks, and maybe either A, pick up the running back, or B, pick up offensive linemen that were probably more suited for the area to be drafted in, like in the early second round. These are just questions that I have. So the last time we saw the Steelers, they were needing an infusion of talent in the secondary. They definitely needed it in the offensive line and maybe also probably a tight end. But with the question marks at offensive line and an older Ben Roethlisberger with shoot with real super shaky knees. I mean, it sounds like just a recipe for a crap stew of a season, personally. Um, Here's the thing. Now, I read two gentlemen, uh, John Lasseau and Nick Farabaugh, both for the PinLive.com. You can read their work on PinLive.com. They said that, um, you know, Ben's throws... They had zip on him, but his legs, he couldn't get any power generated from his legs due to the arthritic condition of both his knees. So, yeah, like they said famously, he looked really good throwing against air and not defenders. So... Unless your offensive line is going to somehow miraculously turn into 1977 Pittsburgh Steelers, um, we might have a real problem in Pittsburgh. Ben can't get out the way. You're going to have to run the football heavy with Najee Harris. And here's the thing. Najee Harris is a great back. But the problem is, is that I don't look at that offensive line and go, that's a traditional Pittsburgh Steeler offensive line. We got a couple pro bowlers, a dude that's putting together a you know, nice little Hall of Fame career, that sort of thing. That offensive line is in flux. Um, and this might not be a popular take, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'll say it now. What are we? We're like May 29th, right? All right. So May 29th, I'm saying it right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers will finish dead last in the AFC North. You heard it here first. QP Sports Exchange Podcast. Football Friday. Usually today we got a special Saturday edition. And your boy is coming hard right now. I am predicting literally before June 1st. 
Piss Guard. Steel Curtain. The Terror with Towels. They're going to finish last. I think that division got talented really quickly. Cleveland is on the come up. I think Cincinnati is also on the come up. And I think that um, Cleveland and Baltimore will fight for that division, I believe. Now, Mike Tomlin, you know, his his finishing last might not be the 3-13 and 13 just meltdown because I just think that he's too even kill. He's too good of a coach to do that. But 6-10, and 7-9, maybe, yeah, like 6-10 and 10 probably. You know, a couple losses that were real close. You know, a couple just inexplicable losses. And then they'll run off games against teams that they can beat. But the problem is, is that their division, there's no one in their division that's a patsy. Cleveland has shown that it is ready to be a primetime player in the playoffs. And that is for sure. Baltimore is always good. That organization is well run. They seem to get the most out of what they have. And I believe in the infrastructure in Baltimore. Cincinnati has a really good quarterback who got hurt. They added one of his favorite weapons from college. So that'll be interesting in Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. I don't know about that offensive line. Still worried about that. But as far as putting points on the board and maybe stopping somebody a little more consistently, I think they're better than the Steelers. I think the Steelers' defense will bounce back a little bit this year. It'll help having Devin Bush back. But here's the problem. That secondary is not great. I don't think their their front seven is as good as it needs to be. And here's the problem. I just think they're going to be put in real adverse situations. I think there are going to be turnovers that we have not seen from Ben Roethlisberger. And it's just, you know, he's not as quick on the draw. You know, that's just what it is. And sometimes it is just what it is. So we'll see how that works out. We'll see if somehow Ben can rejuvenate his knees over the next couple months before the season starts. We will see. And we are here for all the smoke. So Pittsburgh fans, get at me. I'm not scared. I live with a Pittsburgh fan. So I understand what what heat I'm going to have in Pittsburgh. Listen, Pittsburgh, you know I love y'all. My mama from there. But I got to give it to you real. Your team is in. It's going through the change of life. It really is. You know, things get older. You got to replace it with new. Sometimes it takes new. Sometimes it takes new 
a little time to grasp what it needs to grasp to become good. And sometimes maybe new doesn't work out and you need a new new. Ask the Jets. They have reinvented themselves several times. It's just a it's just one of those things. And it's not like Pittsburgh couldn't get it back in a year or so. It's not like this is the the end of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I just think they're going to have a tough year this year. We'll see what happens next year, next year. But this year, I'm list, listen, Ben Roethlisberger is a two-time Super Bowl champion. That dude doesn't have a lot to prove when it comes to oh, well, his career is incomplete because he doesn't have this. No. Other than Brady, that dude has had a really, really good career. He's got as many titles as the Manning boys. One of those he came in with. He's got more titles than the MVP of the league, Aaron Rodgers. And it just so happens that he played in a conference and in his conference was the NFL version of Michael Jordan and that's Tom Brady. So it's okay for, you know, if you want to be the football equivalent to the Boston Celtics of the 80s where you were good every year, you won a couple titles, everything was great. Shouts out to Boston. I know I I know I shorted you a championship. It wasn't. I'm just trying to make an analogy. Shout out to the 617 and the 781 and the 508. All my people out there. So there's no there's no uh crime in being you know a team that was constantly in the running constantly getting there constantly being a factor in the postseason for well over a decade and then you know you have a dip you know you have a dip because the talent's not there you kind of need to regroup reshuffle and kind of reorganize what you're trying to do for the next iteration of what you're going to be so Steeler fans look for the progression in Najee Harris look for the progression in the tight end out of Penn State that dude's a monster Theramuth that dude's like 6'5", 6'6", like 250. He mauls you when it comes to blocking for his running back. He's a tough physical guy. His catch radius is awesome. He makes he makes the solid catches. Now, you ask him to be super athletic and stretch out and all that, no, that's not his get down. But if you ask him to catch the ball after 10 yards and, you know, run some people over, he can do that. So enjoy your season of basically, what is it? Uh, cultivating the youth 
and then we'll see what happens in the draft when it comes to quarterbacks and who's coming out and all that jazz. But Pittsburgh, um, like I said, Nick Fairbaugh and John Lusso did an awesome job on their depiction of OTAs in Pittsburgh. So shout out to those gentlemen for getting us the information so I can give it to you. We'll see if we can get one of those guys as a guest, hopefully soon, and uh, kind of break down what the Steelers look like and what they're kind of doing so you can hear it for one in your own, Pittsburgh. By the way, I want to give, uh, I'll take this time right now to give a shout out to all the listeners out there. Stand tough. You guys really pumped up the numbers in the last month or so and I feel bad that I just haven't been able to pop for you guys so we are back we're gonna get this thing rolling you're gonna get two pods a week do not worry yourself so keep coming back it works if you work it so you know what that means right you gotta download and subscribe keep on hitting that button keep on getting it And we just going to continue to ride. You know what I'm saying? Now, got one more story to hit. And that is the New York football Giants. Now, the Giants did something awesome in the draft this year. They traded down. Dave Gettleman is a savant when it comes to the draft. I'm just kidding. That was Dave Gettleman's first trade. And then he just went crazy and traded in day two and day three. It was nuts. Welcome to the new... Welcome to the the new NFL, New York Giants. Welcome to the era of value and getting extra things... Welcome to being in a situation where you have multiple picks coming next year. By the way, so you know, Dave Gettleman made a trade with the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears took Justin Fields, the quarterback, out of Ohio State. I'll have a little bit more on that in a second. Um... But there was another trade on the board for Dave Gettleman. The Pittsburgh Steelers were trying to trade up to 11. Now, here's the deal. You know that there was a swap between Chicago and New York. And then there was a first round pick next year. My sources tell me that if they would have moved four slots back, not only they would have gotten a pick for 2022, they also would have got a pick for 2023. So, Pittsburgh was looking to move two first-rounders. Always do not include the pick swap as the team getting an extra first-round pick. So 
when the Giants say, oh, we got two first rounders for that 11, that 11 pick. No, you didn't. What you got was you got an extra pick in 2022. Okay. You moved down nine slots, got assets for them next year and like an extra second rounder. You did not get a two first round draft picks. No, you moved down. You got extra pick for the next year. So semantics, I know, but it's one of my pet peeves. I hate when people say, oh, they have five first round draft picks. No, they really don't. Everybody talks about in basketball, Oklahoma City having all these picks. But if you look, if you look carefully, some of those are pick swaps. So you don't have 17 first round draft picks, probably have 12. And then you got five, which 12 is still a lot. But you got probably five or six uh, pick swaps in there. So, and listen. The only reason I bring this up, Giants fans, is this. I just want you to think about that. What you got, could you have moved to 24? Could you have stomach moving the 24 for not only the first round pick in 2022, but for the first round pick in 2023 for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Now, mind you, you can say this. Hey, Justin Fields is a hell of a quarterback, and that pick would have probably been 29 anyway, so we don't care. We just care about Chicago's pick. I get it. I'm just saying, I throw it out here for the fans, right? This is for y'all. This is for the listeners, so you can go back to your partners and talk about what we just talked about. So, would you have rather had the second first round pick in 2023 and move four slots down in the 2021 draft? Just a question, you know, between friends. So, Giants fans, Big Blue Nation, get at your boy on Twitter. QPP Network on Instagram and Facebook Question Point Pod Network so you got that there was a a couple stories just because I was gone and I was not potting doesn't mean that I wasn't in my back doesn't mean I wasn't writing doesn't mean I didn't have a lot to say so I have a couple things that I want to get off my chest about this draft, what happened, what people did, what's going on. And the first thing that I want to kind of talk about is <laughs> well, well, well. Here we are. It is the end of May. OTAs are going on, right? And we got some teams looking real, real scary. First and foremost, let's look at the teams that were in the Final Four. Okay, so you had Kansas City, was it Cleveland? 
then you had or was it Buffalo? Look that up. Then you had Green Bay and you had Tampa, right? Now Tampa brought everybody back and then they went into the draft, did some things, what have you. Um really like what they did in the draft. Then you got Green Bay. They're a mess right now. But that mess quickly disappears if Aaron Rodgers comes back and he is in for the upcoming season. Then you got Kansas City, who lost all their offensive linemen. Boy Mahomes was getting chased around, got dinged up. But now they have booking tackles, got younger healthier, maybe not as exper- as experienced, but maybe that's okay because you got Patrick Mahomes. And then you got Cleveland, right? So all these teams look a lot better. Jadavion Clowney is a Cleveland Brown. So you got You got Miles on one side. You got Clowney on the other. Okay? You got another year in the Stefanski system. Okay? You have multiple running backs that you can rely on. And you're getting Odell Beckham Jr. back. So if nothing else happens other than what has gone on... That team is looking for a long, long playoff run. So, Cleveland, where are you? I'm talking about your boys, the Browns, getting it in, looking real, real nice, did some real nice things in the draft, has done some great things in free agency, and they looking real nice for the upcoming year. So this brings me to the AFC East. And the reason why we're here is because of the fact that how did Mac Jones fall to 15? Not because I think he's the greatest quarterback on the face of the planet. Everybody was talking about, oh, the, all these quarterbacks, they're going to be all gone by seven. No, that's not what happened exactly. No, this is part of knowing what's BS and knowing what's reality. Bill Belichick in his brain trust sat back, watched the draft unfold, Probably got nervous around seven. Okay. Maybe got a little nervous around eight. And then people just started making picks. (laughs) And then inexplicably, which we just talked about, the New York Giants traded out. in Chicago, and that probably put the fear into Bill Belichick, but that man was stoic. He knew what was coming after. 
He saw it. He was like, yo, the Chargers are picking. Cody's other team. Cody's other teams are picking. Philadelphia's picking. What's going down? Right? So he gets his quarterback at 15. Which is granted, here's a guy who loves saving. They're the best of friends. Mac Jones was in Alabama. Everybody says that he's the most pro-ready quarterback coming out. Now, his ceiling might not be as high as Trey Lance or Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson, but as far as deciphering defenses, being able to get the ball out quickly, reading um, his man and what adjustments they're making with inside the zone. Bill has a quarterback who is pretty much ready to go. And that kid has seen everything that he's need to see, right? You know what I'm saying? He played a lot in the year where Tua Taibaloa got hurt. And then he came back and it was his team this year. And, you know, in the SEC, there's no gimmies, right? That's the best conference in college football. Sorry, Big Ten. Sorry, ACC. Sorry, Pac-12. Big 12 as well. The SEC is the best conference. We all know it. I'm not scared to say it. Doesn't mean it's my favorite conference. It just means that it is the best conference. So that dude gets to see a lot of pro-level talent on the other side of the football a lot. So Mac Jones is pro-ready. Yes. Does he need to know learn the nuances of the offense and things of that nature? Yes. If you think for one second that kid is not going to step foot on the field this year, you got nothing coming. Cam Newton is a placeholder at best for Mac Jones. I could be super wrong. If I am, you won't have to find me. I'll already be here saying I was wrong. I want to be wrong. I want Cam to have an excellent season. There have been notes that he's worked out with his quarterback coach, Tom House, same dude that was working with Brady about his throwing motion to see if he can make it more efficient. So, I mean, these are all positive signs. If there's anybody rooting for Cam Newton, it's me. I'm just saying, you do not draft a quarterback number one and sit him and say, yeah, we'll see this dude 2022. It's just not going to happen. I mean, I'm sorry. I can't even co-sign that whatsoever. You know, whether it's week three, four, five, six, seven, somewhere in there, Mac Jones is going to get on the field at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts, which is about 20 minutes south of Boston. Okay. 
Shouts out to Bar Louie in uh, by Gillette Stadium. I had a lot of good times there. Shouts out to Bar Louie. That place is amazing. If you're in the Foxborough neighborhood, go check out Bar Louie. Burgers are on swole. Turkey burgers as well. Your boy was on it. But yeah, Mac Jones is going to start for the Patriots at some point. We know this to be true. And hell, we don't even know if he'll have Julio or not. That would be a big pickup for the Patriots. Now, I don't know about the first round draft pick. Bill is not real keen on just draft capital just dissipating from his um, his coffers. That is not his deal. But if they can work something out, maybe there's a Stephon Gilmore deal. Julio Jones. Maybe there's your first round pick. I don't know. You never know. But I know the hoodie is up to something. And it ain't good. Not to Bill's Mafia. The Bills wanted the Patriots to just go away. That's what they wanted. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Miami is, is good. We'll see what their quarterback situation is this year. So, that's it for the show today. Again, we did take the hiatus. I'm sorry about that. It's my bad. We will do better as we go along. Trust and believe because we proceed to give you what you need on this podcast. Now, schedule for the rest of the week is this. Monday. Who questions Monday? Friday. Football Friday. And then we're back rolling like we normally do. When I have information on the third pod, you'll have information on the third pod. That's how that's going to go. That's the type of give and take that you and I have. I tell you when the information is available and then you go, that's cool. And we will adjust our lives accordingly and get that third pod, Vince. And I say thank you because I'm very, very grateful because I try to have this type of energy for you when I come. So I'll get off the air pretty much right now and just be a puddle of just like. (laughs) But for y'all, I want to make sure I got the energy level up, ready to go cocked and loaded you know what I'm talking about so here's the other thing we usually do a no question about it person of the week or entity my no question about it entity of the week goes to Bethany's church Bethany church in Long Beach California my church they are back open Lead Pastor Jeff Levine leading the congregation. Congrats, Jeff and Lauren, on having baby girl number two. Scarlett has a sister. She is cute. 
So the reason why Bethany Church of Long Beach, California is my entity of the week is because of this. They're a real one. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot of support, a lot of prayers coming out of place. I made a lot of good connections um, in the sense of just spiritual connections. There's some brothers in there that have really held me up spiritually through my time and through, you know, my struggles and my my uh, trials and tribulations. And I could not be more uh, grateful to them and to God for helping me become the man that is behind this microphone today. For all of the auxiliary workers that work at Bethany. This is a tip of the cap to you. The Amy's of the world, the Lori O'Toole's of the world, the Miss Jane's of the world, the Tim Springer's of the world. This is for you. So, shots out to Bethany Church in Long Beach as QP Sports Exchange. No question about it. Entity of the week. Did you think that I was going to leave you hanging with that? No. We make good on our promises on this podcast. That's what we do. So, there is an entity of the week. Now, how does your little neck of the woods get on this podcast as a person or entity or company of the week well that's a good question and listener Vince has the answer you go to Twitter Q at QPP network or you go to Instagram and Facebook at question point pod network and you just give me your submission for a person or entity or company of the week who's doing positive things, big moves that's helping out the community or just something truly amazing like what Lauren did, not what Jeff did. Jeff did nothing. I just want to just say that. Jeff, do not take credit for baby girl number two. Lauren did all the work. Shouts out to Lauren Levine for having the child. (laughs) There's two cute monsters on my Facebook page. And uh, I couldn't be more happy for them. Um, Jeff is uh, seeing me through a lot. And um, it's just great that his 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 life is so fruitful and he's uh, just an amazing man and I'm happy to have him as my lead pastor. So that is our entity of the week. We are getting off the air now and you know how we close this podcast, right? How do we close it? You be good to yourself. And when I say that, I really mean that. There are going to be times where even the best around you is going to fall. You need to keep your head on a swivel and make sure you're not falling too. All right? Listen, there are dark times. I've had them. I've had difficult times. I've somehow 
even though I love doing this, I lack motivation. Not to do this, but just getting the energy level to do this. And the reason for that is just because of the fact that it's not perfect. Life isn't perfect. Um, People aren't perfect. But we have, I have a strong foundation as I follow Christ as long as I have breath. So I'm going to hold on to that and continue to give you the podcast that you want and deserve. The one that gives you the energy, the one that sounds like you talking to your friend down the street about, can you believe what the Green Bay Packers just did? Yeah, I'm that guy. I'm that host. And this is your show, QP Sports Exchange. Let's go.